This episode of Sound Plus Doctrine is the second of five focusing on what really matters to God in our Sunday gatherings. Devin Coughlin joins us as we talk about the importance of our meetings being scripture-governed and fueled. Welcome back and welcome in to the Sound Plus Doctrine podcast. <laughs> the water's warm. <laughs> we love to make you feel welcome. Yeah, so. I'm David or Zimmer. Awkward. Or I'm awkward. I'm Bob Coughlin. And we have Devin again with us uh, for part two. Devin Coughlin, my what son. What we were talking about. Yes, sorry. Come on. This might uh, be the first podcast anyone ever listens to of, of Sound Plus Doctrine. Oh, that, that, that's true. They probably aren't listening anymore. That's true. Okay, <laughs> next. Uh Bob, where are we going with uh, point two? And remind us of what point one was if they didn't listen. I sure can. Yeah, we're talking about core values of, of corporate worship. Mm-hmm. What, uh, uh, the gathering of God's people, what things are the most important? Not not laying down a specific liturgy, but uh, just saying what, what things do we need to keep in mind as we're planning or leading the gathering of God's people. So last time we talked about um, it being God-initiated and exalting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was, it was a fun conversation. I mean, we could talk about that for all five times. Um, but just we're reminding each other and our listeners that yeah, we don't come to God on our own, at our own invitation. God has to invite us. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of that is that he be exalted. Mm-hmm. So today we want to talk about a second core value, and that would just be that our gatherings are Scripture-governed and fueled. And we get that from a number of places in Scripture, Second um, Timothy three sixteen through four two, where where Paul talks about how Scripture is profitable for teaching, rebuke, correction, training, and righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for any good work. Um, Hebrews two one, where it talks about how we are. Uh, I should have looked that up. We must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Mm. And just throughout. Uh, throughout Scripture, God's Word puts His Word at the center of of our relationship with Him. Um, the the first sin came about as a result of Adam and Eve rejecting God's Word and believing a lie. You know, didn't God say? And um, so His Word is is what is to. Uh, govern how we meet with him, mm-hmm. and it's to fuel how we meet with him. I mean, those are two separate categories. So, um, Devin, what does Scripture governed imply? Uh, well, I just wanted to comment first how well this um, comes off of our last conversation. Yes, good. Where we talked about God's initiative yep. in our in our singing, and if God is the one that initiates our our corporate worship. Yeah. I just said singing. I meant corporate worship. If God's the one that initiates our our gatherings, uh, then He should be the one who also governs those gatherings by yes. His word. Mm. Um, that's His prerogative. And uh, it, uh, John Calvin, in his um, necessity for reforming the church. So it's, this is his defense of the Reformation that he that he writes. He talks about the danger of fictitious worship, and uh, so fictitious uh. worship being being false worship that we come up with. And he said, left to our own intuitions, all we can do is but go astray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just yeah. just reflecting on the wow. importance of something other than us yeah. governing and determining, shaping even what we do as we gather is just so critical. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it should be noted that it's not only talking about... Um, 
you know, when we're gathering, uh, but also I, I would say the songs that we're singing, that we're pulling into, yes, you know, yes. it's, it's obviously a part of the gathering, but I just think like we can have, we talked about Trinitarian yeah. uh, focus, we can have songs that you know, that encouraged that. And we can have songs and that... And we should. Yeah. And we should, yeah. And, we, and we're and we singing scripture yeah. to one another as well. So it's also like the songs that we're singing. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's that's the fueled part. It, it We don't come with our own ideas to tell God, hey, I, th- I think you should hear this, or I think this should impress you, or I think this will encourage you. God tells us what encourages him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he tells us what he loves. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, we have this whole book of the Psalms that that model for us what a relationship with God looks like. And honestly, it looks pretty different from a lot of our meetings, you know, where you, you have a meeting that is just uh, about people feeling good about themselves or people feeling good about what God has said about them. And, you, you know, isn't, isn't God nice? Isn't God good? And just doesn't he love you so much? And that's not what the Psalms are like. Uh, I mean, the Psalms acknowledge that God is a God of steadfast love, and we put our hope and our trust in Him. But the psalmists are pretty honest about the fact that life is not always looking like that, and we have to deal with the things that go on inside of us. We have to deal with our sins against God, and, and God's Word tells us how to do that. So that's the fueled part. But it's also, I want to spend some time, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to both of these, but just about God's Word governing our, our times of worship with him. You know, in the Old Testament especially, we see God was very specific about the ways he wanted to be worshipped. And you did not bring uh, the wrong kind of incense to worship him. You did not do the wrong kinds of sacrifices. Um, when they built the Ark of the Covenant, the, the, the commandments, the ten words were placed in that Ark with Israel to, to signify that our relationship with God was governed by his rule over us. Mm. And so we can't have this mindset that we come to God and, yeah, he's forgiven us everything, but he really doesn't care about how we live. He he cares absolutely how we live because mm. he's a holy God and he desires us to be a holy people. Mm-hmm. We've been We've been singled out from all the nations of the earth. Israel was, and now God's people have as a holy nation, to live under the authority of his word. And that includes, you know, our gatherings, which, you know, there's the, the regulative principle, which uh, has been in vogue, should you say, you know, from the Westminster Confession, where it talks about how everything we do in our corporate worship, in our gatherings, is to be expressly commanded in God's word or inferred from God's word. So it's not just that we, you know, we shouldn't do things uh, that that aren't there. Um, but no, God, we've got to have a specific command or inference from Scripture to know what we should do in our gatherings. Mm. And it's it's one way of thinking about, you know, what we do when we gather. So, uh, you know, can we have, um, sh- should we have a, should we watch a movie as, as when we gather? Mm. Well, that's not really inferred or implied or commanded in Scripture that we just gather together to watch a movie. Now, can I watch a movie with my family and and do that as an act of worship to the Lord? Sure, I can. 
But as the church gathers, we need something more than just, I, th- I think this will benefit people. I think this will be good for people. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there are specific commands yeah. and there are specific examples of, of what we're to do when we gather. And if we really give our time to those things that God has commanded and, and modeled for us in Scripture, it just is a, it's going to be, uh, we're going to give a lot less time to doing things that could distract from uh, the word being central and the word governing what we do. Yeah, and, and it's think, ultimately what we need. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think at times we can hear what you just said and be aware of all the things that we then can't do. Um, as mm-hmm. if now, like we're limited. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I think a lot of that is just our our secular age that we live in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That response mm-hmm. where we think any restriction is a problem. Um, anything that inhibits mm-hmm. on our ability to do what we want to do or express who we are, yes, whatever it is, yes. culturally, this is what's going on. Yeah. Is a problem and something to be pushed against. But what? how God reveals himself in his word, and as you just laid out, how God deals and relates with his people, he does it through through covenant. And, yes. and, and yeah. in those covenants, there's this this revelation, and there's obligation as well. Yeah. And um, that obligation on our parts is to give him our lives and mm-hmm. to give him our obedience and sub- submissiveness. And we are now freed, because of his regulations, his rules, we're freed to no longer be enslaved so good. by what we want to do, yes. and um, and what a joy it is to then walk in his paths. I think it's uh, I think Matt Merker has used an illustration of um, it's like baseball. Think of baseball, and you have the the umpire who has the rule book, mm. and what makes baseball baseball is the rules that have yes. to be followed. Yes. <laughs> if if the umpire decides one day that you know what these rules don't apply anymore, yeah. I'm not calling you out on three strikes. Uh, I'm just going to call you out when I feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's total chaos. It, it doesn't work. It's no longer baseball. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, what yeah. makes that game beautiful is the fact that there are these rules. Yes. Mm. And it's and so there is, there is joy in life to be found in that. And other people, I think G.K. Chesterton used the illustration of if you're told to draw, draw a giraffe, but then you have no boundaries given. Mm. It, like, and, and you draw whatever you want. Yes. Have you drawn a giraffe? No, you haven't drawn yeah, a giraffe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's you drew something else, something yes. other than a giraffe. But it's the fact that there are parameters and there are there are boundaries in place that give us the freedom to then yes. draw this giraffe. Yeah, and uh, that's what scripture governed worship is all about. Yeah. It's about the the freedom yeah. and the joy, the freedom that we can have, and the joy that we can find. In worshiping God on His mm. on His terms, yeah, it's interesting. In uh, in John four, I think one thing we we can often pass over quickly when Jesus is telling the Samaritan woman to, that the Father is seeking those who worship in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. Yes, right before that, in verse twenty two, he talks about how the S- Samaritans worship that which they do not know. Yes, yes, mm. and uh, I think it's I have this quote here. Um, Kevin Van Hooser one time said. Uh, with John, oh, I just lost it. It's coming. Sorry, that's okay. It's worth worth waiting for. We will wait for it. We are we aren't going anywhere. We're not in a hurry. Got plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, he says that uh, the Samaritans did not know enough to worship God correctly. So all of our pious mm. intentions are struck by this thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. So we have these these desires to honor God, mm-hmm. please God, 
But these pious intentions are struck by this thunderbolt, by this thought that we cannot help but worship falsely unless we are guided by God's word. Yes. God the only way worship. that we can mm -hmm. worship God in, in the right way, in the way that he calls us to, is if we do it according to his word. Yes. Wow. Takes God to worship God. Well, and it's so freeing, uh, as you said, to think that way, but it's also um, so sobering to think about why, why wouldn't we want to? do this mm, mm. why why it's it's scary to think why would we gather to do something that we want to do as opposed yeah. to something that he's given us limitations for guidelines for uh, well i think there can be we can kind of lose sight of the fact that we're not doing it anymore mm. in other words i guess there would be churches that aren't claiming well they're not really churches uh, if a church you know, discards the word of god and says we don't we don't need this this doesn't govern us anymore I think most churches would be trying to say, yeah, we want to do what mm -hmm. the Word of God says, mm -hmm. but we can begin to take the Word of God for granted. You know, it can just be one of the fixtures, one of the elements of the meeting that's not really that much more significant than what we do or we say. We can, um, we can hear it without applying it, which, which mm -hmm. builds a... a, a um, uh, disconnect, right. you know, where we hear the right words, but no one's really expecting anyone to put them into practice, and uh, or we can we can be theologically arrogant about it and think it's all about, you know, how much of the Bible we know without yeah. recognizing that the written word is meant to direct us in every way to the living word, Jesus Christ, and this is about a relationship with a person, with Amen. the Son of God, mm -hmm. and not just knowing a lot of facts. And then I think on the, the alternate side, we can minimize subjective response and, mm. and just, uh, just go, uh, and again, thinking, maybe it's not on the opposite side, but we can just go thinking, I'm going to fill my head with knowledge, I'm going to know these things, um, but we aren't... What's that? And we think that's enough. Yeah, yeah and we think that's yeah. enough. And um, this Michael Horton quote where he says, from a better way, if believers are looking for an exciting encounter with God apart from the Word, we must ask why this is. Is it just because our age is like the Middle Ages, visual rather than verbal? Or could it also be that many of us have turned the service into a dry, purely rational, and yet unreflective routine? Hmm. And so I, I think wow. we, can, we can have a lot of the Word, but it just it doesn't affect us anymore. Right. And, and we aren't... We aren't growing in our amazement and appreciation for the fact that this is God Himself mm -hmm. speaking to us, which which is the reason why our meetings need to be Scripture governed and Scripture fueled. It's not you know God just telling us you need to do this, don't do this, do that. It's the fuel. It's it provides the joy. It provides the you know the energy, the enthusiasm, the meaning of what we do. And I. I don't know if 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 our, a lot of churches experience that. Mm. I, I don't know. I mean, you have somewhere they they've just gone off to uh, other kinds of things instead of the word. They don't find the word very appealing. That you know, maybe it's governing, maybe not. They're not really aware, or not even thinking about that. But it's not fueling the meeting, so they they go off to other things, and that seems to be an issue today. So, what would you say are those things mm -hmm. that define Scripture-governed worship? What do, what do we do as we gather uh, that Scripture prescribes for us to do? Well, things like preaching the Word of God 
so so when we gather, we gather to hear God speak to us. And you know that individual proclaiming the word of God to us, it's not a conversation. It's not someone sharing their opinions. It's not someone throwing you know their thoughts out there and let's take a vote on this. It's it's proclamation. God has spoken to us, and it doesn't have to be done. It shouldn't be done arrogantly. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be done harshly, but it should be done with authority. That's what set Jesus apart from the Pharisees. It says you know they were amazed. He had just done a miracle, but they were amazed because he taught with such authority. Well, why did he teach with authority? It was his father's words. Mm-hmm. He was is the word of God, and he was speaking the word of God. But we have the word of God in Scripture. So when we gather, we're to hear God's word proclaimed. We're to uh, do things like greet one another. We're to pray together. We're to sing together. We're to share the Lord's Supper together. I think baptism ideally takes place uh, scripturally in the context of the local church. And, and things like that, that the New Testament were to give. You know, when you gather at the beginning of the week, give, this, give to this offering. Um, things like that. Spiritual gifts are meant to operate. Those are all part of a meeting being scripturally governed. Am I leaving anything out? I mean, there are other things that... Church discipline would be another category Mm -hmm. that has to take place in the context context of the church. church. So those things that are specifically modeled for us in the Word of God. So these are the things that are meant to take place. Now, those are meant to produce a result, an effect. It's not just, oh, I've checked them off the list and we've done it. But if, if Scripture is truly governing and fueling what we do, there will be... An effect, mm-hmm. and if it's not, if there's not an effect, I think we've we've gone to those other things to govern us. And you asked what what yeah. things would take its place. Things like music, you know. Um, it's you, you go on YouTube, and one one way it's encouraging. You can see all these different groups, you know, singing to the Lord. It's passionate. It's you know. Sometimes great words, sometimes not. Um, but you see people trying to make much of Jesus in some way. Pious intentions. Pious intentions. But what can happen is we lose sight of the word, and we focus more on what we're doing and how we're doing it, and it just becomes, are we, were we passionate enough? Were we effective enough? Rather mm-hmm. than, is this something that really honored the Lord? Is this something that the Lord really said, that the Lord really wanted us to do? And it's separated from that context of, you know, the read word, the prayed word, the, yeah. you know, the, the preached word. And so, so music can rush in to take its place, and so people go to a church, they, they become part of a church because of the music, not because the word is being proclaimed. Uh, visuals can take its place, although I think that was that was maybe more an issue. Well, no, it, it still is. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, churches where it looks different. It, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. No sure. pun intended. That's it, very good. <laughs> um, you know, there's this temptation to think, man, if we don't have stuff happening visually, yeah. I mean, a, a, an example would be just what's happening behind your lyrics. If you don't mm-hmm. use a hymnal, which most churches don't, um, what's happening behind the lyrics? Uh, you know, I remember at one point they were showing like pictures of like the main coast, 
you know, be, coastal line behind the words. And I just think we went to vacation on Maine. We went on vacation to Maine once, and I'd always start thinking vacation. When when I was singing the song, I think, oh yeah, vacation. Yeah. I was like, what yeah. am I thinking about? What? Remembered how miserable I made that trip. Yeah, you did make that trip miserable. <laughs> I do remember that. But uh, you know, or just movement. It's, there's got to be movement. Like, why is why isn't why isn't the truth we're singing moving enough? Why do we have to say, hey, you? Know, there's something going on here. Uh, to to convince people, well, it's almost like there's some other power that we need. Yeah, I mean, we were talking yes. earlier yeah. about yeah. Paul and in First Corinthians too. Um, the the power that we want to put on display is the power of God. Yes, and, mm-hmm. and which comes through how the gospel, takes the place. preaching of the yeah. gospel, so the proclamation of His word. I love right. this category, both both in in uh, governing our our worship and in fueling our worship. Uh, this category of witness or testimony or uh, attesting to who God has already revealed himself to be. Yeah. So when we when we gather together, we gather as witnesses mm-hmm. to what God has done. And wh- what a witness does is they just say what they've seen. Yes, yes. That's what a witness yeah, is called to do. Th- we're not being innovative. And so, yeah, it's not what I, th- mm. what I think we need or um, what I think someone else needs. It's what God has given us. That's that's what we need, and so that's what I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna proclaim, yes. and so it gives it shapes the the content, and also often the structure of what we do um, when we are when we come as as witnesses. Yes. And what I, one another thing that I love about that concept, that idea, is that we we bear witness to God, and the Psalms are all all over this place where I, I give you praise, and we're bearing witness to who God is, yeah. our declaration, our proclamation. We're also bearing witness to one another. Hmm. And so we gather together to um, teach and admonish one another. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, there is this, I mean, there's always just this corporate nature. As we proclaim these the truths of God's Word, as God govern, God's Word governs our worship, we're bearing witness to one another about this truth. Yes. And then also we see in 1 Corinthians 14, we're bearing witness to the world. Yeah. And so as we proclaim God's Word, God's Word is what those who are lost and in darkness, that's what they need. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so some might come into our gatherings that are centered on God's word, that are proclaiming God's word, mm-hmm. and see that God is in this place, mm-hmm. yes. and come to know and fear God. And uh, and so I, I just think as we as we talk about this, I think it's helpful to think about it in that category. Like that that's what I'm here to do. Like I don't have anything to give that has not already been given to me. Yes. Um, yes. And it's I've found it so freeing as both a pastor and as a song leader to. Uh, not feel like I need to come up with something new yeah, every week. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Um, because what we need has already been revealed. Yeah. And so, like, I want to be, I want to know this book really well, uh, because in this book I see God revealed. This is God's word to us. Um, yeah. But I don't need to uh, give myself to, well, how can I engage people this week yeah. in a new and fresh way? How can I really affect them? Yeah. Well, that's exhausting. It is exhausting. And you mentioned in the last podcast how we've pulled in so much of our individualism into our corporate gatherings that you, you know, pastors have this pressure to say, well, I'll use scripture, but I'll just, I'm going to internalize it and then give it back so that it's applicable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it's personable, so that it's engaging. Right. And it's relevant. And you can do it as a song leader too, you know, or as a songwriter or whatever. And so. I just think like getting away from that and seeing that, you know, 
it's governed by Scripture because it's initiated by God, yeah. and it's all about Him in the focus anyways. We don't have anything yeah. to bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. So I just that's just so when helpful. It's, and there's this distinction between Scripture informed and Scripture governed and fueled. Yes. Um, where yeah. I think a, I think it a lot of uh, it can be easy to go to just being Scripture informed. Yes. Yes. Um, well said. And so I, yeah. I, as a pastor, let's say I recognize these needs, or I want to encourage people with this truth, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And so we go to God's Word to kind of inform that. Uh huh. But then it's it's really just our burdens yeah. and our yeah. desires yeah. and yes. our vision. It's a TED talk yeah. eventually. And yeah. <laughs> that's not what we're called to if we, if, yeah. if we're going to practice corporate worship in a way yeah. that is governed yeah. and fueled by Scripture. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think of the the importance of like making connections for people. So it's mm-hmm. not just that we read and proclaim the word; uh, it's that people get it, that, that they mm-hmm. understand it. I think of um, mm-hmm. Nehemiah eight eight, where it says mm-hmm. they read from the book. From, this is when you know, the people gather, and, and Esther's just reading from the, the, the book of the Lord. They read from the book, from the law of God, clearly, and they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, you see, and the people's response to that oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. is powerful. Yeah. yeah, they lift up their hands, they bow yeah. down, they weep. They're, you know, they're, they're, he says, be joyful, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I mean, it's just... I remember I was in a... A conference one time, and the, the leader said, you know, I'm just, he read this passage, he said, I'm just going to read the Word of God, and I want you to respond. And it was a very powerful moment, a very mm-hmm. long portion of Scripture. And people were, yes, you know, yes, amen. And, you know, it was, yeah, it's, that's what we want to happen in people's hearts. But part of the reason it doesn't is because we kind of just, just, do, just read the Scripture and just let it sit and don't yeah. tell people, what does this mean? Why did I just read this scripture and That's not good. that one? You know, Especially like coming out of a song or going into another song. Why are you reading that scripture? Mm. You know, tell us what this means. And I would say another implication of being scripture governed, scripture fueled, is that we plan our meetings from the word of God, not just around the songs. Good, yeah. Big change for me a number of years ago was that rather than just picking some songs to sing, I would begin with the call to worship, uh, the scripture, and I wouldn't move from that, uh, wouldn't pick a song until I had that first scripture, because I want that song to flow out of that scripture. Mm-hmm. And then do another song, and then we have another scripture. I want that scripture to flow out of that song, sure, but then the next song we sing, I want to come out of that scripture, so that we are always being responsive to the Word of God and never just kind of slipping the Word of God in as, you know, yeah. slipping the Bible in as, because so everybody good. wants to know, you know, we believe in the Bible here, we believe... No, yeah. we love the Bible here. Yeah. We love the Word of God because it it reveals God to us, His right. heart, the person of Jesus Christ. We get to know Him better because of His Word to us. Amen. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're gathering for every week. Amen. That's so great. Uh, well, yeah, I guess this concludes uh, part two. I'm sure we could say more, but I guess we'll <laughs> stop there. Love these conversations. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.